Let's Rock. If you're new to the tribe, Rad is across the table. Rich is behind the mix. My name is Yanni Bormeister, and we are Unity Gym, experts at turning driven people into athletes. This episode is brought to you by the Unify Movement System, the online program that balances strength, flexibility, and fitness in an efficient 60-minute workout so you can unleash your inner athlete. Get daily coaching by us, plus our epic gym and home UMS programs, extensive exercise library, private coaching group, and weekly coaching calls. As a valued listener, use the link in the description to get your first month free. Before we get started, warm welcome as usual. If you're watching on the Unity Gym YouTube channel, remember to hit that like button to support the channel and subscribe if you like what you see. I'm excited to announce that joining us today, we have Phil White from ADPT Physio. Yep, uh, Phil started working in the fitness industry in 2012, first as a remedial massage therapist and then went on to study exercise and sports science and a doctor of physiotherapy postgraduate degree. Now he runs ADPT Physio, where they specialize in delivering the athlete rehab experience to everyone. Phil has been a massage therapist to the GWS Giants AFL team, Olympians, Paralympians, and a number of other professional athletes. Welcome to the show, Phil. Always good to have you here, man. Yeah, thanks. Good to be here. And um, we're talking about something that is, I guess, not what people usually would think a physio would be um, looking at if we look at the old school approach of physio being sort of diagnosis and then poking and prodding. But uh, we're talking about sleep today, and that's actually a really big part of yeah, modern understanding. This is of something that I'm an expert on this topic as yeah, well. Yeah, and is... something with like as uh, as um, Rad just said, like my business is called ADPT, and that's about the athletic athletic development, physical therapy, and and I think sleep is one of the things that athletes have really started to value like um, in recent times and. And yeah, we're talking about napping today, which um, is a athlete superpower. If you yeah, I want to, I want to <laughs> yeah. even just go deep on sleep uh, yeah. in general. It's funny. As soon as we start talking about sleep, I start yawning. Um, but uh, this question comes in from Blakely Hernage from the UMS Online Coaching Group, and Blakely asked, "Are daytime naps beneficial for training performance if you already get plenty of sleep?" Now. I can't attest to daytime naps because I they don't personally work well for me. It takes me too long to get to sleep and to wake up. Uh, but Rad takes daytime naps every day. And, you know, I um, sort of first became aware of the concept after reading uh, a bunch of, I, I, I really uh, used to um, idolize Warren Buffett. Uh, uh, investing and, and, and finance and economics is something that I'm a little bit passionate about. And, and uh Warren Buffett, in, in one of his biographies, um, they talk about the fact that for his whole professional career, he uh, has he has a, a leather couch in his office and he takes a daytime nap every um, every afternoon, early afternoon. And he it's just a, it's just everyone just understands and accepts it now and, and expects it. And he does it every single day. And he says he couldn't live without it. And then start when I started working with my brother Rad I you know he would was just absolutely complaining about how he just falls apart and crumbles mid-afternoon and started to have daytime naps at work and initially it used to drive me insane and honestly the only reason why I I sort of accepted it was because I read that Warren Buffett does it as well otherwise I would have just been banging banging a drum over his head going <laughs> wake up it's time to work uh, but um, yeah the reality is that just it just is really really beneficial for certain people and what's really cool about that story about Warren Buffett is that if you combine the story that Elon Musk plays video games it's actually coming to fruition that my habits that everybody rags on me for are the habits of the world's most successful people. So follow me for more great life hacks like playing video games and daytime napping. Daytime naps. Um, but uh, yeah, look, my, my personal experience, it's quite funny. Um, you know, if I talk about what you just said, Yanni, 
Um, I do get to a point. It doesn't happen every day. But, but Before we get on to daytime naps, I would prefer to talk about the importance of sleep in general and well-restedness. Re well, can I just comment on what you just said about me first and then we no, can talk about you're never about allowed sleep. to comment about well. <laughs> of course you can. So my, um, <laughs> I just, the demands of running a business and what we do here and that honestly, for me, including my training, when I'm at the gym, I am just on, you know, and a lot of it is really mentally engaging, just talking with people and having to solve problems and things like that. And I get up really early for, well, not really early, but for what a lot of people consider really early. Um, and I just get to a point in around lunchtime. It's usually when I, after I have a meal, uh, a, a, my first big meal of the day is that I just immediately get a dive in my uh, energy levels. And, and I, when talking to you, you can actually see your eyes start glazing over. Oh like man. It's, and it's I like, just, yeah. And, <laughs> like and you get your eyes really open, but they just kind of go. Uh, yeah. And I just, <laughs> I just lose mental clarity. I can't, I just really can't do anything. And I've just found that when I have a, uh, anywhere from a 20 to 40 minute nap, um, it really gives like, it'll take me 10 minutes to come back from that, but it sets me up for the afternoon of being really switched on again. And if I don't do that, it, the whole afternoon is just rubbish. And it, it's funny because when, it, if I go back to when I first started doing that, it was when I was in the army. I remember when I joined the army and somebody, um, who I knew, I can't even remember who it was, but who had been in the army before. And I said, have you got any advice for me? And it's this piece of advice stuck with me through the, my whole military career. He said, eat when you can and sleep when you can. And when, before I joined, I didn't really get it. But once I was in, I really got it because there are times when you don't get to sleep for days on end. But then there are times when you're sitting around doing absolutely nothing and you're just waiting to be told you've got to get up and move. And I was the only person out of our, probably out of our whole platoon who used to, when we were sitting around, I used to just lay there and just have a nap and try to and sometimes i'd lay there for three hours and people used to make fun of me but then we'd get up and have to work for two days straight without stopping and i was a lot more energized than everybody else and so that's my personal experience with it it's um it absolutely does help me and i've also heard um that there's been studies where they say that 20 minutes of, of a daytime nap can uh, make up for some lost sleep. Have you guys heard of that? I have, yeah. And really what it comes down to, and, and there's, there's a, a component of Blakely's question here that is quite important, which is if you already get plenty of sleep. Uh, because you, you know, if you already get plenty of sleep, then it's, I mean, if it makes you feel better, go, go and do it. You know, the, I'm of, I'm kind of of the belief that the more sleep you can, more quality sleep you can get, the better, uh, for performance. And it's something that, you know, you think about, uh, the, it, I always like think about a lion in the Serengeti, they, they eat, sleep, uh, hunt and, and, and procreate basically, <laughs> you know, and. And, uh, you, you know, they're the, the king of the jungle, <laughs> they perform very well in, in those four things, you know, generally. Uh, so you want to, um, you want to just get as much good quality sleep as you can. Now I am, I have, um, often really battled with sleep and it's something that I'm co continually training myself to get better sleep. I, I just have, um, uh, issues with it. Uh, and I, and I always have, and that's why the, one of the main reasons why I wear a wearable constantly, and I've experimented with aura, the ring and, uh, and also, uh, the Fitbit that I've got on now, and I've pulled up my little report here 
And, you know, I, the, the, one of the main reasons why I adopted these things, which I now use for many things um, uh, uh, as well, but it was to track my sleep and monitor my sleep because that which is tracked and monitored can be improved best. And, and, um, and it's actually quite interesting when you start to look at your sleep, like you're meant to get a couple of hours or an hour and a half, 90 minutes of, um, of deep restorative sleep every night. And I average like 30 to 40 minutes, you know, and, uh, and I've been doing little bits of experimentation lately with certain things and it, and it really does change. Like if I look at last night's sleep, I got 40 minutes of deep, I got six hours and 21 minutes of light sleep, 20 minutes of REM. And for one hour, 53 minutes, I was awake tossing and turning um, and, and, uh, and and going to the bloody toilet just last a, night. Just an important thing. caveat with wearables, like they are quite variable. The wearables are variable um, in <laughs> how accurate they are. And so it's, and, and there's even like the kind of top rated ones are still not going to be as good as a sleep study where you're wearing e, um, like brain monitoring devices. So I think it's just important to like, I think they're a great tool and I use my, my Garmin as well um, for it and I track it and I, I really closely monitor it as well. But just keep in mind that they're not always going to be 100% accurate about um, the stages of sleep. But I think that, you know, they're, if you're wearing the same one over time, it's quite a good like intra variability. So like within yourself, like looking at, at changes. But yeah, just something that I have would highlight that it's really good for kind of like time slept, but, and I... I pay a lot of attention to the phases of sleep as well that my wearable says, but I've, um, yeah, they're not as 100% accurate as it would be nice if they were. But, yeah, absolutely. But definitely still worth thinking about. So, yeah, that, uh, like, I think. Um, well, just uh, on the types of sleep there. So, you, you mentioned like deep, light, and REM. So, they're kind of the sleep stages that we think about. And so, with the, it's quite common to have like quite a few hours of that, that lighter sleep. Um, with the deep sleep, that's where you're kind of, getting that like real physical um, restorative things going on. So um, within like the actual structure of your body and with the REM, that's where you're kind of going through a lot of the mental processing. So I think it's just kind of interesting to have that understanding about like what the different um, and, phases are. And we go through those phases every 90 minutes, don't we? Isn't that how it works? That yeah, you, you, go, you go through these cycles. But then, yeah, cycles, over the course. Roughly 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah. so sleep cycles are 90 minutes, but then you'll notice that if you look at the like your stages that you'll generally have most of your deep sleep pretty much at the beginning of your night and then the REM will come in later in the evening so it's really like and that's because yeah basically when you're first getting sleep like that that physical restore um restoration is like your body's priority because you're like geez we need to <laughs> make sure we're we're keeping the body ready to go and then the um rem is the yeah kind of comes towards more towards the end of the night so that's what really happens with a lot of people who um don't get that sort of seven plus hour sleep is they'll they'll often cut themselves short of that ram and that's where you can start to kind of stack like um yeah mental <laughs> um like yeah issues with memory retention and um basically a lot of brain function can be impacted longer term yeah right um, for it so and so yeah you're only pointing out there like i i'm on the I, i've been also really looking into my sleep lately especially with the amount of um kind of fairly intense training i'm doing but also I've just had a real issue with like, I've always slept for ages. Like I've always, like if I don't set an alarm, I can easily sleep 10 hours, night after night after night. Um, but I'm always so That's heavy on the incredible. Um, REM side. But then the issue is I wake up feeling absolutely wrecked and then I still want to have a nap by the um, mid afternoon. So I'm really looking into this because it's so annoying. Like <laughs> well, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. yeah and so even if I get used to sleep, waking up and sleeping seven hours a day and waking up at 6am um, every morning, like I, I never kind of get used to that. But anyway, basically I've been looking to it a lot as well and I'm, I'm really on the REM side of things. So I wake up every morning feeling like 
like I've just been in this like crazy adventure and I've just had like I get up to like four hours of REM some nights like it's insane yeah, <laughs> just yeah, like I'm in this sort of other world and just wake up feeling cooked because I've just been off an adventure and um, why you're such a dreamer yeah. <laughs> just, oh, so many ideas yeah, um, pun but, intended no. yeah so so that's just give you a bit of an idea of the the sleep stages but um yeah, do you want to go so to the naps? Yeah, so yeah. well, let's go through um, to to give some like real value. Let's go through things that for those of you out there who may be struggling, <laughs> unlike Blakely, who may be struggling uh, with sleep or not well, getting high quality sleep. Let's have a look at some factors that can really impact well, your sleep. Can I just like um, and yeah, that kind of ties into with Blakely's question, like the idea of adding in naps, naps if you're already well rested. Um, like that's totally fine unless it then starts to impact, impact your, your ability sleep. to exactly. then have a full night's sleep. So yeah. a lot of like kind of people think like, oh, if I can just get like more sleep accumulated throughout the day, then that's that's good. But then if you then get to, you know, your regular bedtime and you're like, I cannot get to sleep to save my yeah. life, then that's where it starts to become really problematic. So. Yeah. so I've got, I've created, because this is something I've been working on for the last decade of my life, I've created five rules to sleep, to optimal sleep. And I've experimented with a lot of things. Those who... If you go back a year ago and watch the podcast, I was wearing these funky orange glasses. They're blue blocker, blue light blocking glasses, which I still have uh, that I wore for for weeks and weeks and weeks because that can impact your sleep. Uh, and uh, I've done a lot. And so the, the, my five like absolute rules that you must abide by to um, to get high quality sleep is the, my first and foremost is exercise. Now, on the days that I exercise, and I exercise to a mod, um, medium to a high intensity, I will sleep much better on those days. And the exercise for me uh, has to be early in the day, in the first half of the day. If I exercise in the second half of the day, it often leads to uh, I, I struggle to wind down to get to get prepared to, to sleep because my body sort of I, I don't know releases uh, adrenaline and uh, endorphins things like that. Um, I have a warm shower within an hour of going to sleep, and that seems to really soothe and, and sort of calm me down. And there is some pretty good uh, research to um, to prove that that is a, a really nice way of just signalling to the body, okay, it's getting. Uh, ready for sleep time and coinciding with that just prior to that I turn a lot off in my house I turn as many lights as I can off uh, I actually now have a, um, a a Philips Hue lighting system in, in, in my place where I can choose the tone of light so I can turn blue light off and turn the light into like a, a caramel or yellow color which is a lot more soothing for the brain uh, I start to switch off screens, so uh, laptops. Uh, so first of all, it's that exercise. Second of all, it's the the hot shower. Uh, uh, third, it's the uh, the blue light restriction. So I turn any sort of white fluorescent lights off in the apartment. I only have yellow light. And uh, the um, fourth one is that I then, for the last hour that I'm awake, I read a book. I'm not I'm not watching a screen, uh, which is really really important for me. And then the fifth is that my bedroom is a bat cave. It is dark, it is cold, and there is minimal electronic devices in my bedroom to interfere with my uh, my body's um, uh, neurological rhythms. And, um, and that is really important. A lot of people, you've got to look at the environment that you're creating for sleep. And, and Tony Bataji was the person who got me onto this, uh, who we've had on the podcast before. You know, he said, your, your bedroom is for two things. Sleep and pro procreating, sex, sleep and sex, that's it. 
It's not for watching television. It's not for working on your computer. It's not for, you know, anything else. And the only thing that I've got in my room other than a, a, a couple of bedside lamps is a fan. Uh, and that fan is cooling me down. Now, I would love to, exp my next evolution of the sleep experimentation is to add a chili pad to my bed, which is a, a sheet, a, a specially designed sheet that actually regulates the temperature of your bed uh, because everyone sort of, everyone, like people have different um, optimal sleep temperatures. And, um, and that's probably what I'm going to uh, add to my, my bat cave uh, as soon as I can afford it for, for the size bed that I've got. I got the biggest bed on the on the face of the earth. Uh, it's about two and a half thousand dollars for the chili pad, so I just have to um, add that. My, I've already spent about ten grand on my bed, so uh... <laughs> yeah, it's a cool thing. But there's so much genetic variability around sleep, and like you have to go through your in intense, elaborate um, setup, and obviously all those sleep hygiene. Like that's a term that has kind of been coined. Like, and been popularized recently and i think like most people probably be aware of it but it's quite cruel that you know some people will be able to just like put their head down on, on any piece of junk and <laughs> and yeah. without going through all that and they'll get really good quality sleep so it is just so much genetic variability of it and so but these are great tools if you are having um any issues there yeah and i think like to circle back to blakely's uh question are daytime naps relevant if you're already getting plenty of sleep personally for me there are days where I don't have a daytime nap and those are the days when I've had plenty of sleep and I basically, I just basically listen to my body. I'm a big um, advocate of just seeing how I feel and then listening to that and acting on that. And on those days where I'm really struggling and I'm getting to it, I've learned that if I just lay down and set myself an alarm for, usually I'll do it for about 25 minutes. And the reason why I do that is because I've heard that um, these daytime naps that you can have that to get the full benefit of it where it can actually make up for some lack of sleep that you have to nap for 20 minutes and they've even got these sleep capsules um, that people use in workplaces I've heard that they've got them like at Google where you go and you sit down in it and it goes for 20 minutes and um, dims the lights and puts on some really relaxing music or something for you I've never been to Google headquarters but I've heard that that's what they've got there um, and so for me, the reason why I choose like 25 minutes or so is that I find that it's quite hard for me to just switch off all my thoughts just immediately. And so by doing that, I usually find I can most days I actually do fall asleep uh, and then I'll wake up. And what I mean by that is there's a there's a period of time where it makes me feel like I've been laying there for five minutes. But then my alarm goes off and I realize that I was actually I did actually yeah. fall asleep for it. And it did take practice for me to get there. There was many, many years where I would lay there and nothing would happen. And I just used it as an opportunity to practice meditation. I would just say, well, you know what? At least I'm laying here with my eyes closed and I'm going to try to practice what I've learned from meditation, which is just to basically just recognize what's what I'm experiencing in my consciousness and not judge it and, and allow it to pass through. And over time, I've uh, been able to have a really great result from a daytime nap and yeah going back to what my point is here it's really if i need it and if i don't need it there'll be days when i just don't have it you know? yeah and 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 so with like with looking at professional athletes again like that is it is a really common tactic they use but you know it's quite nice because for most professional athletes they have training uh to do in the day and and recovering to do in the day and and usually not too much else um and so they definitely will um utilize it and it's a great way of enhancing your recovery and giving you that extra downtime and as we talked about so much with um training adaptations it's stimulus plus recovery equals adaptation so it's it's a good one to add in there but only if it then doesn't affect 
the rest of your um, sleep. And just an interesting one on looking at uh, athletic performance and sleep. Like the you'll there's basically there's been some research to show that like you'll be able to get like the highest power outputs and the highest intensity stuff you can do um, is is actually suited towards the afternoon, which is kind of surprising for a lot of people, but um, that's looking at like as a general sense, but then you train your body to perform at um, certain times. So if you become a morning trainer and you always, always, always train the morning, then um, you're going to be, your personal um, preference is always going to be like when you train. And so it's quite an interesting challenge for um, athletes when they, you know, if they're playing professional sports, they have to play at night. Then if they're doing all the training in the morning, then it's like, this sort of interesting challenge of trying to get um, that kind of optimal situation where it's like you don't want to be impacting your sleep, but you also want to be training to the right sort of time because then it's going to impact your circadian rhythms. And then for Olympians who have to travel overseas or for um, for professional athletes traveling overseas, like if you're, you have to think about like your time zones as well. And so, yeah, it's quite interesting just how like your body will, you'll have like a certain chronotype, which so I, that's an idea of like a time type that you are. So there's... Um, they call them larks and owls, so morning larks and night owls. Um, and different people will just genetically be that. But then you can also train yourself to be able to produce like your best um, efforts by consistently training at a certain time. So, yeah, just an interesting one there for awesome. like application to high performance as well. Yeah, there you go, guys. So um, there's a lot of really, really good, in- interesting, useful uh, um, feedback, uh, advice there. Uh, and j- my, my final thought is like, don't underestimate the importance of high quality sleep. It, yeah, is, absolutely. it is so important, so important. And, uh, uh, y- oh, it's the thing that so many people get wrong. You know, so many people want to go out and party and stay up all night and then, uh, you know, expect their bodies to function and then question the exercise program they're doing or the coach they're working with because they're not getting the results they want. And Rad mentioned it, um, it could have been on a different podcast episode, uh, and we've talked about this a lot. Exercise is the stimulus, but it's the, it, it's the positive adaptations to exercise that you get the results from. Uh, you cannot do one and then expect the other if you're not creating an environment that is going to nurture that positive adaptation. Because there are also, as Phil's pointed out many times, negative adaptations to exercise that can occur if you get the dosage wrong and not just necessarily the dosage and the time you spend exercising or the intensity you spend exercising all the the quality of form and technique that you practice when you exercise the dosage can be wrong when combined with how your all the other stress mechanisms in your life and and one of the main worst stress mechanisms in your life can be lack of sleep or sleep deprivation so if you're you can be getting everything right but if you're not getting enough sleep the dosage of everything in your life will be wrong yeah and just remember there is lots of genetic variability so you might see there's like outliers who can like seemingly perform well on like very low levels and whatever but that doesn't mean that yeah that there's just there's always going to be outliers of these sort of things so don't think that just because one person can do it that that's necessarily going to be optimal for everybody so yeah absolutely all right, everyone, if you want to uh, connect further with Phil, he can be found on Instagram at ADPT Physio. And you can book in for an in-person or online session with Phil at ADPT.Physio. Thanks uh, again for coming and joining us on the show, Phil. It's always great to have you here. Yeah. 
Always enjoy it. And Beautiful. thanks, everyone, for tuning in and listening to another awesome episode. We'll see you in our next episode of the Sound of Movement podcast.